Welcome to the Healing Courageously podcast, where we engage in open, honest, and healthy conversation about everything from addiction, abuse, and recovery to marriage, family, and spirituality. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Our goal is that you will find a new way of living as you look closer at yourself in these areas of your life, which will lead to a happier and healthier you. Now here's your host, Randy Boyd. Greetings, and thank you for joining us on this episode of Healing Courageously. On this episode, we will be talking about faith, and a message titled, Faith in the River, Faith in the River. And I know in today's times, uh, faith and hope are both a thing, a thing that we could probably use a lot of, a lot of us. And some of us are probably questioning, why should I have faith or hope in today's world, and that's understandable, but regardless, we do need to have that faith and that hope. So I'm going to start today with a quote from Richard Rohr's book called um, Everything Belongs. Faith does not need to push the river precisely because it is able to trust that there is a river. The river is flowing, and we are in it. The river is God's provincial love, so do not be afraid. So do not be afraid. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So wouldn't it be nice to be able to sit quietly, sit quietly and just know that everything is God, that I am God, like, 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 much like the river who has faith that, um, so such a strong faith and it's just again it's metaphorically that it doesn't doubt what it's supposed to be doing it doesn't doubt the obstacles that runs that come up in front of it down down the downstream it doesn't doubt the dams that it hit it it doesn't doubt the the rage and the raging fast rapids and it doesn't doubt the serene calm areas it just is wouldn't it be nice if we could do the same thing Either God is everything or God is nothing. There is no in-between. God, we, we, can't, we can't say God is everything and look to God only when we're in those calm, peaceful, serene, and everything perfect in our world. But yet when things go haywire and go south, what God? We're raising a fist at Him. It doesn't work that way. Everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. Absolutely nothing happens in God's world by accident we need to get to that place and then then we can have the faith like a river because we're, we're we are as Richard Rohr says we are in the river we're in it we're in the river of God's provincial love whether we realize it or whether we don't we are and so therefore we can't be afraid Have you ever noticed how the flow of a river and God's love are much alike? Both both the flow of a river and God's love only flow in one direction. They only flow in one direction. The river can't go back upstream. and God doesn't reach in and pull his love out of you and take it back. He's not an Indian giver. 
Neither of them can flow in reverse, nor can the flow of a river or God's love be stopped unless something stops the flow. And the only thing that can stop a river is two things. It would be man-made dams, man-made structures, okay? Or the, the, the source of its water completely goes away. Which means the flow of water coming into the source has also gone away. Okay? God's love is always there. We're the only ones that can stop it. Man. Man. So like the river, God has a plan for that river. How long is it going to go for? It's hard to say. When God wants, when when God decides that that source is going to be dried up, when when rain keeps feeding it or snow keeps quits feeding it, then that's what it is. And the river doesn't fight it. It, it is what it is. It wouldn't be nice to get to that point to where it just is what it is. Sometimes we don't understand things, and that's okay. But acceptance is it's the key to our peace. You got to think about both the river and God's love are life sustaining for animals and people alike. The river, okay. The river supplies a water source for us as humans. We need that water to survive. Okay, we need it to bathe in. We need it to do all sorts of things. But most importantly, we need water to sustain life within ourselves. Our body, I think, is not 70% water. So we have to keep the water coming into ourselves. And without the rivers flowing from the high countries down into where we're getting our water from, the rivers down below, we wouldn't have that water. The rivers provide the oxygen for the fish that are in the, in, the, in, the, in the rivers, that live in the river. And those fish provide food for us to eat. The river also provides the water for the, to, to sustain the vegetation along, along the sides of, of the river. But more importantly, well, not more importantly, but also a river provides the beauty for our eyes. In, in so many different ways. I mean, if you look at the Grand Canyon, for example, how many thousands of years ago was there, that river, the Colorado River, it wasn't always down at the bottom of the canyon. That canyon was carved out. A lot of that canyon was carved out by the rivers and by rain. And it was carved out for our enjoyment. So another thing that God created was the beauty of the Grand Canyon through a river just trusting that it was doing what it was supposed to be doing. It didn't stop. It said, God, we're, we're, we're destroying the landscape around here. It never did that. It just flowed. All right? So where does faith come into play then? Well, we glean off of Richard Rohr's statement above. I'm, I modified just a bit. The faith does not need to push the river because it knows it is a powerful flowing river. Faith is intrinsically instilled in the river. The, the, it, the river, it's intrinsic, intrinsic knowledge in the river that it's just got to go. Again, metaphorically, the intrinsic, intrinsical um, knowledge, intrinsical faith, it's all metaphorical. But if you think about it, it just goes. Think, think of a river had a, had, had a mind. I mean, you know, <laughs> it would come up to a 500-foot drop-off and go, whoa, I'm not, no way, God, I ain't jumping, I, I ain't jumping off that one. Right? 
it, it, it just goes and it drops to 500 feet to create a beautiful waterfall for people to see. God's creation. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Imagine if we could trust like a river. We could have faith like a river. Where we just, it it is what it is. And we just got to be okay with our life. (laughs) Things happen in our life that well, I'm not real happy with that. Well, again, if you go back to either God is everything or God is nothing, and to me, God is everything. Well, God can't be everything, all right? When, 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 when everything is good, and everything's peachy keen, and you're and you're in that serene spot in your life, your family's good, everything's good. God's then, but He also has to be in the middle of your storm. He can't be he can't be one or the other. He's got to be both. Right? It's like, well God, you got me to this good spot. So I've I've got to be able to trust trust you with my heart in these hard spots. And I got to quit leaning on my own understanding. Because if we can look at everything that happens to us in our life as a lesson, then what we're going through is for a purpose. It's going to make us better. But when we fight it and try to do our will, it generally doesn't work out good in the long run. So we have to acknowledge him in the good, and we have to acknowledge him in the bad. God, I don't understand what's going on. I, I don't get it. But all I know is that you're my God, you're my Lord, i got to trust in you. Everything happens for a reason, and I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to I'm going to work through this with you, and I'm going to look at what I can learn from all of what I'm going through right now. I mean, nothing happens, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by accident. So either God is everything or God God isn't. And there's no in-between. You can't be on the fence. you got to be one way or the other. I want to read you uh, 1 Corinthians 2. But the main scripture will be uh, verse 5. I'm going to read 3 through 5. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 3 through 5. So this is Paul talking to the church of Corinthians. Back to trying to straighten out some of the mess that they've created. And um, he's coming there as, as a servant of God. And he says, uh, For I resolved to know nothing while I was, w- was with you except Jesus Christ, and him crucified. I came to you in weakness. This is Paul. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. With great fear. So he's coming to the, the church of Corinth to talk to him about hard subjects. And Paul was fearful. Paul himself was fearful. Fearful, With great fear and great trembling, trembling he went to the church. 
My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. So when he goes into this church, he's, he's trembling, he's relying on nothing but the Spirit of God to help him get through it. God's got to give him, him, give him the words. Right? So he's doing something in faith that the Holy Spirit is guiding him. He's doing something even in fear. We can't let fear stop us. He was, in, he was in great fear and he was trembling. He says, So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So we cannot let our faith rest on human wisdom. It was God's power speaking through Paul. It's God's power speaking through the river. How if you look at a river, when it goes by you, that's the last you'll see of it. That part of the river. You'll never see that again. It doesn't come back and go, whoops, 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 whoops. I missed that rock right there. I wanted to pick that rock up. No, it keeps going. He didn't rest on his own, on his wisdom. He rested on the power of the Spirit's wisdom, the faith. He went into it with absolute faith that the Spirit was going to talk through him to help the church move forward. So it's okay to be fearful. Okay? It's okay to be trembling. Paul did it. So who's to say we can't? But that's when we have to lean on God the most. Not on our own understanding, but on God. If you look at it, I mean, there could have been a lot of judgment going on in the church. Paul could have judged himself. But like the river, the river never judges itself on how high, how low, how slow, or fast the water flow is. It never judges itself, right? It just is what it is. A creation of God being exactly as God wants it to be. Exactly as God wants it to be. So why is it so hard for us right, to not judge ourselves? Well, that's where my coaching and the foundation comes in a lot because that's what I deal with is we judge ourselves based on how we were raised. And based on the words we heard our parents tell us, we heard our, our, our caregivers tell us, we, hit, we heard our classmates tell us, we judge ourselves based on a lot of what we believe we are and then what society reinforces in our life instead of being just like the river and being exactly who we're supposed to be in God's, in God's eyes. And I'm speaking on that because I was a contractor. I was in construction for 40 years, contractor for 20 years, and that's who I was. I didn't realize that, that I defined my, my life as a contractor because I had 80 employees. I, I, I had a name in the valley. I, and when, I, when we let that business go, um, which God directed me to do, to do what I'm doing today, for the next year I didn't know who I was. Judging myself, what did I do? I should have done this. I should have done that. So it's 
it, it's a hard thing for us to work through. But we, the river doesn't judge itself. It doesn't judge if it's high, if it's low, if it's fast. Man, last week, man, remember this time? We were just scooting through here really fast, man. We were loaded up with fish. The fish were loving the water. We had lots of insects, and now look at all this. Now we're just slow and very trickling through here. Man, we're just worthless, aren't we? You never, a river doesn't do that. It is what it is. It's a, crea- it's a creation of God being exactly as God wants it to be. Wouldn't it be nice to be that ourselves? It's, it, it, it's, I want to say it's, it's an easy concept, but it's really hard to do. I'm still working. I've been working on it for 15 years, 16 years almost. Romans 5.13 tells us, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. One of the things that if you look in the Bible and you start reading the Bible and you start looking at all the different people, and we go through stuff here on earth right now. And when we're going through stuff, it's like, why me, why me, why me, why me? But when you look at the history, just throughout history, um, and go all the way back to, to the biblical days, and go back to Jesus and Paul and, and David and Joseph and Job and all, what did they go through? They, 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 God does not promise us a life filled with nothing but serenity and peace. That's not what God promises us at all. Joseph was going to be the the um, was going to be the, the king of Egypt, but God didn't tell him you're going to go through 17 years of trial and tribulation. Look at King David leading the mighty armies and decides to stay back, send his army out to fight. He stays there and has the affair with Bathsheba, and he almost loses everything for the rest of his life. Life he's fighting. He's fighting the demons in his head for what he did. Job, who lost everything, right? Moses, um, Noah, I mean, everybody. But what they all had in common, too, is they would, they would, they would cry out to God with their pain, but they all ended up with the joy and the peace and believing that the Holy Spirit was abounding in them. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to do that? And we can do it. And sometimes those moments are, are, I call them moments of bliss. Sometimes it might be 10 seconds where you just sit there and all of a sudden you got this overwhelming feeling of peace and serenity that you've never felt before. It's like, wow, where'd that come from? You want more of it. And so you just keep diving into it, keep diving into it. You won't have it all the time, but you'll have it a lot of the time. You can always... Find it when you just sit down and, and talk with God. It, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful way to think. And, and as human beings, we always have troubles staying on track. But God knows that, and He's okay with it. He's a big God, and we just got to reach out to Him and say, "God, man, what do I got to do? I'm going through that right now myself with a couple of things." Going back with the river along, along its path when the water flow is high and fast, it carves away at the landscape, creating natural works of art. So, you know, look at the, look at the, look at the Grand Canyon, as I, as, I, as I spoke earlier. That's a beautiful, you know, natural artwork that's created by God, by the river. Look at the Niagara Falls. There, there's, I think it's in... Where is it at? In Argentina or Venezuela, down in South America, there's the Angel Falls. 
all this is created by the flow of the water being, you know, high and fast. When the water flows low and slow, it takes the path of least resistance, leaving behind a beautiful dry riverbed landscape with rock formations of all different sizes. So it doesn't fight when it's, when it's, when it's low and slow. It, it goes with the flow, whether it's high, you know, high and fast or whether it's low and slow. I mean, and I'll take the path of least resistance. Maybe that means it's going to create a little bit more of a, of a, of a piece of work or a piece of artwork. You know, my, my sons and I, my son and I, we, 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 we hunt a lot and we're hiking a lot. And we get back up in the mountains in the high country and in the back country. And, you know, you can see where these rivers, you know, these small creek beds or rivers or whatever have dried up. And, and, and some of the, the, the landscape that it's created, it's just phenomenal, especially the, I mean, and it does, it's nothing big or some of it's big and extravagant and some of it's just really small, but it leaves behind its wake a piece of art that's beautiful. You know, it's like us. We're beautiful people. No matter what we do, as long as we're leaning on a God, it's all going to be beautiful in the end. You know, we start fighting things, then next thing you know, we're fighting our family, we're fighting our kids, and, and we're fighting our pastors, we're fighting our employee. It's like, no, that's not what this is supposed to be about. We don't want to be taken advantage of, and we are not doormats for nobody, but we need to learn how to just go with the flow and know that God's love is flowing through us. When the water is low and slow, it also leaves, uh, it allows new saplings to sprout and grow. So when it's low and slow, all of a sudden you got these new saplings that, 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 um, were you know buried in the sand and the sea now all of a sudden they're growing so you got all these these thick brush and some you know some some wildflowers and all different kinds of things growing in there in the path of this of this stream or this riverbed right only to be washed away when the next fast and high water flow arrives it, it, it doesn't question it it doesn't question i mean you know we're going through life and we're sitting there and God's working on us. He's 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 he's, uh, pr- he's circumcising us and, and pruning us and he's making a beautiful landscape of our life. And you know he, our fruit is starting to be born, bared, and, and you know we become these beautiful people. You know you want to use a beautiful tree or whatever it is, and then uh, suddenly a storm comes along and it's like, man, what's happening? I mean we almost got to be like that great oak tree where we're just planted solidly in the sand. And we just got to be able to withstand those storms, right? We got to be able to withstand those storms, like a lot of the trees do when the river comes crashing down. We can't let these storms wash away our growth, our spiritual growth, our happiness. We can't. We can't do that. We got to stay focused on God's love in his best interest for us. Remember that a river is, it just is. Sometimes it's fast, raging and dangerous, and other times it's slow, it's calm, peaceful and serene. A river's flow can only be stopped if the water feeding it becomes dried up or man stops its flow. The only way man can stop his flow is like those dams, Davis Dam, Parker Dam, uh, Hoover Dam, but 
it only ta- it only stops it temporarily. It slows the river flow down to create the lake behind the dam. At the bottom of these dams, all they have to do is open up the turbines, and the water still flows. So the water might be stopped temporarily by man, but that's all man can do is stop it temporarily because God has different plans for the river and that water. So the river, the, God's going to have that water go where he wants it to go, and that's what happens with the dams. He gave the, the men the wisdom that, hey, we can harness this, this water, but not impede its, its flow permanently, and we can create electricity from it. God gave some gifts to men that are pretty pretty useful. Okay. A river is what it is, and it's perfectly content being so. Okay. And, and you know, again, I, I know a river can't sit there and talk to you and scream at you and say, "Hey, what are you doing?" It can't do none of that, but it's still just the metaphorical principle of it all that, hey, nothing's going to stop it except for man and God cutting off the flow of water. Now, God won't cut off the flow of his love. Only man can do that. John 1, 3. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So there it goes with either God is everything, through him all things were made. So he's everything. Without him, nothing was made that has been made, or God is nothing. You you can't have it both ways. He either is or he isn't. You really need to understand that. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says this. But God, rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. Rich in mercy, great love, he loved us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, by grace you have been saved. No matter what a river, no matter what, a river can only flow in one direction. Period. God's love is very much like a river, and that it can only flow in one direction. Through him and into us. Through him and into us. And his greatest display of that is his mercy and his grace. The only way God's love stops flowing through us is when we ourselves turn our back on God and cut off the flow of his love through us. So God's love is always there when we're surrounded by it. It's, a, it's the, 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 uh, the, the river that, of God's love. It flows, it's flowing all around us. And the only time that it, it, the flow is cut off is when we decide to jump out of the river. Because he's not going to cut it off. It's always there. You, you get, believe me when I tell you that, I, I've turned my back on God. I did it for 38 years. 38 years I turned my back on God and the church, believing that I was not worthy of his love. Right? But what I found out is that God is a gentleman, much like the river. He, he, he doesn't, <laughs> God doesn't fight the, fight the current either, right? He's not going to fight the current. 
He knows which way is the easiest way. His ways are the, are, are the best, so he's not going to fight the current. He's not going to sit there and push. God's a gentleman. Because the current of his love was always there for me, always. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, um, I'll never leave, leave you nor forsake you. And, and I'll tell you that I was at 13 when I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. And a lot happened between the age of 13 and 18 that wasn't real pleasant in the name of God being abused all that time it was it was quite a horrific childhood i had so what happened was is is i i turned my love my my back on on god his love was always there but i just said nah forget it this is what church and god is about forget it. i don't want nothing to do with it you guys are all hypocrites you know god god is a, a god that molests me beat me abuses me rapes me i don't want nothing with that kind of god all right that's how I thought for 38 years. Now, I'm going to clarify something right now so I don't have some of you going, Randy, God doesn't do none of that to you. I thought he did. And 99% of the audience thinks that God is the one raping them, molesting them, and so on and so forth. God did not do it. Man did it. It's man's free will. So I want to clarify that. As much as I felt as though God had abandoned me, he was always with me. Always. Even though I turned my back on him, every time I reached out to him while I was living in a life of sin, and I mean every time, he was always there for me, and I do, and I do mean always. Anytime the, prayer for the ho- prayers from the foxholes went up to God, he always answered them. He was always there for me. He never left me nor forsook me. He kept me safe. He kept me out of danger. He kept me out of jail. Now, the last warning I got from God in 2006 was I, I he said something to me in my ear that I, I wasn't going to doubt. He said, you get out of jail, free cards are used up. I said, oh, that's I'm, I'm heeding that advice, and that's when I quit because I knew the next time something happened, it wasn't going to be good. See, here's the other thing, too, that's really, really important. God's love can't be, it just, it just can't be earned. It can't be. You can't do anything to earn God's love. You can't serve church more. You can't save more people. I mean, you can't. You can't do this. You can't do A, B, C. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. Nothing. He loves you just as you are right now, right where you're at. He, He loves you. Period. He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't. All he cares about is now. Come to him today. Say, God, I'm sorry. I, I can't keep living this way. Help me. Give me the wisdom, the courage, and the strength. Remove this obsession. I can't I can't do this anymore. And, and he, he'll help you. But you have to ask for it. Ephesians 2.8 says, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift. It's not from works, so that no one can boast. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time, so that we should walk in them. Okay? Grace that Christ gives us. It's a gift from God. It's not our works. It has nothing to do with it. Because you could, you could have do all the works in the world, but God knows your heart. Right? God's grace 
is what it is. Because if it was if it was Randy's works, Randy would be boasting about how great Randy is and how Randy did this and Randy did that. And the reality is, where I was at, I saw no light. And the only person that, that could do what was done to me was God working through me. Yes, I did a lot of the work. And yes, you'll have to do a lot of work. But it's Christ working through you, working through us, working through me, that made me who I am today. Right? We'll have plenty of time to do our good works when we're walking with Christ. But we're not doing it for any other reason but to serve Christ. We're doing it to help our fellow man. What I've been through in my life, my calling is there because of what happened to me from my teen years forward. I help those people that think they have no voice and think that there is no help. And I say that humbly because it's not me, it's God working through me. It's not an easy calling. Remember that as as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removes our transgressions from us, so as far as the east is from the west, God's forgiven us. It doesn't matter what our past looked like. It, it doesn't matter. It, that's done and over with. Now, that being said, that he's forgiven our past, but there's consequences of our past that we must rectify. Okay? we. It's like, you know, you're, you're, you're born again a Christian, but then you become reborn in recovery because what you're doing is you're going back and you're addressing those issues. Because in other words, we have these roots embedded in us. And if we don't dig up the roots of our past behavior... It's going to keep growing and choking us out. It happens over and over and over and over again. I can't tell you how much it happens. He didn't care about our past. What are we going to do from this day forward? What are you going to do from this day forward? There's absolutely nothing we can do as humans to increase or lessen God's love for us. It doesn't matter what we've done. God, he loves us no matter what. All we got to do is come to him and ask for forgiveness and do the work he wants us to do. Surrender to him, submit to him, turn your will and your life over to the care of God. Proverbs eight seventeen says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Notice that thing I said earlier, where's God at? I can't find him. Well, just seek him diligently. Don't sit down in your prayer closet for one one hour, one day, and go, okay, God, where are you at? And you don't find him. You quit looking. Diligently look after him. And that's, that's a message to me, too. We have to diligently find him. The primary difference between the flow of a river and God's love is faith. A river flows on absolute faith that it is exactly as it should be, high or low, fast or slow. It's not, it's, it does not fight what it is. It lets nothing obstruct its flow. The river just flows, fulfilling its purposes in life without question. It just is, man. It just, the river is. I mean, think about that. It just, it just is what it is. Why can't we just be what God wants us to be? And that's because we're not trusting the process of finding that who that person really is that God wants us to be. And I understand it's a really hard process. 
The river supplies sustaining oxygen to the fish that live in its waters and vital nutrients and food to the surrounding landscape and wildlife, like I mentioned earlier. It's there for a reason. It has its purpose. While God is the ultimate supplier of life-sustaining needs for the river and all the wildlife it sustains, God is also the provider for everything we as humans need to survive. He knows our needs. Okay, He knows them. And he will provide them when we just ask. The difference is, man more often than not lacks the faith of the river. We lack that faith. Because, for I'll tell you this, for me, running, running and gunning for 30 years on my own, building a business up for 20 years, and probably for uh, 17 of those 20 years, I built the business. It was all Randy doing what he had to do. I was the one that was doing it. If I wouldn't have done this, the business, I, you know, I was doing it. Randy was doing it. Randy was doing it. Randy. But God was always behind the scenes providing what I needed. And even when I didn't believe in prayer, sometimes I was praying, God, help me get this thing off the ground. We have to do the work. There's no question about that. But when we think that we're, we're the ones that's, that's making everything happen, that there is no God that's, that's helping us, that's when we get in trouble, okay? That's when he gets in trouble. Either God is everything or he's nothing. There is no in between. We have to remember that. And I keep saying it, but we have to remember it. With that being said, again, I'm going to refer back to John 1, 3, that through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Nothing was made that has been made. The scripture tells you right there, either God is everything or God is nothing. And the scripture is gospel, right? The scripture is what we want to believe in. If you believe that God is everything and it, and is in and of itself, that is in and of itself a tremendous amount of faith. So you have the faith. If you believe that God is everything, that's a tremendous amount of faith you have. But the problem is, is maintaining that level of faith is where, where we mortals slip up. It really seems easy to, to, to maintain that high level of faith when life is falling into place as we feel it should, as we feel it should. When our jobs, our home, our family, our finances are in order, nothing can upset or interfere with our faith. Nothing, it seems like. This time, it, 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 it is in these times that Many are susceptible to becoming complacent in their recovery or walk with God. And by doing so, one forgets how they achieve the level of success they have achieved. And this is when their faith starts wandering or wavering. Unlike a river, unlike a river that doesn't let any obstacle cause it to waver from its faith and everything is just as it is, we start questioning faith. Why is my family struggling? Why is my job on the line? Why am I losing my house? Why, 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 why? We can't just believe that God is, is when, every, we can't just believe that God is when everything in life is all rosy and then turn a blind eye and shake a fist at God when challenges and hard times hit us. We need to learn to be more like the river and maintain our faith through times of abundance and times of drought. It's easy for me when I start when I start losing my faith. I simply just look back in the rearview mirror for a short period of time at the times my faith was wavering, 
and the and in the long run it is all for nothing it was all for nothing because he he always came he always came through for me he always always provided all my needs and and even a little extra if your faith is wavering, maybe it's time to go visit a river and have it teach you how to just be. Just just sit with a river and just watch it. Thoughts go in you go into your head as they, as they come into your head. Watch them come in, but then immediately take that thought and throw it on a leaf or or, 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 or a metaphorical boat and just say that there goes my anxiety and release it on the river and just let it go down the river. And it won't return to you. But that river is the provision, the the river of God's love flowing away from you. It's taking your worries away from you. That's the only thing it'll take away from you is your worries. Remember that God is either everything or He's nothing. You cannot have it both ways. And one more time, through Him, all things. Through him, all things are made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Through him, all things are made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So where's your faith? Is it wavering? Do you have faith? Do you have hope? It's going to waver. Mind wavers. I think that everybody's faith wavers, but we've got to. We can't let it drift off. We can't let. We can't let the river catch it and send it over a waterfall. We want to keep it within reach. We want to say, "Okay, God, I'm, I'm the faith. I don't have no faith right now. I need to get it back." And that's when we reach out to God and ask Him for help. Sit with that. Be still and know that I am God. Do a little mantra. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am. Be still and know. And then just be still and then be. Be still and know that I am God. That everything is exactly as it's supposed to be. I'm in control of everything. Be still and know that I am. I am here. I'm with you. I, I am in everything that's around us. I, I am the river. I'm the river of your life. I am everything. Be still and know. And be still and know that God is everything or God is nothing. And that God's right there with you. Walking with you, he's just waiting for you to reach out. He's sitting right next to you on the side of the river or on the park bench or on the beach. He's sitting right next to you. Be still. Just be still. Let your head be still. Let your mind be still. Just, just be still for, even if it's for 30 seconds, and then, then one minute. Just be still. And then finally just be just be who God wants you to be and accept everything as it is exactly as it's supposed to be. Hey, thanks for joining me today on the Healing Courageously podcast. I hope you enjoyed this. Please check out my website, thecourageoushealers.org on the Foundation for Sexually Abused Men. 
life coaching. If you want to interest in any kind of life coaching, changeyourlifestorynow.com. Check out the packages I have on there. Send me a, uh, a quick contact form notice, and I'll get back to you right away. You can get my book, Healing the Wounded Child Within, on Amazon. It's paperback, Audible, and um, Audible and, and, and oh, Kindle. Kindle, Audible, and paperback. I also have my 30-day devotional to wholeness on Amazon and my little workbook called Seven Day Challenge. So check all those out. And if you're interested in life coaching, marriage counseling, or any of that, just check out both my websites and you can fill out the contact form and I'll get back to you. Hey, everybody be blessed. Have a super good day, evening, morning, whatever time it is where you might be listening to this. And remember that if nobody tells you they love you today, Randy does. More importantly, God does. Everybody be blessed and have a super, super good life. Bye-bye. Love you all.